Welcome to the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hagen, a nutrition coach, entrepreneur, food freedom expert, and forever a recovering disordered eater. I am here to help you own your enoughness, find your very own food freedom, and achieve your health and wellness goals in a way that gives more than it takes. Each week, I will provide you with insight and inspiration surrounding no-nonsense nutrition, mindset, motivation, body image, confidence, and other wellness wisdom. Good morning. Good morning. I told you I was going to start singing at you, and it happened. (laughs) Hey, and happy hump day. I am quite literally sitting here in my office in my pajamas on Wednesday morning, the day that this podcast episode is usually released. I am just now recording it for you because yes, I love you that much. And I got so caught up in the latest, newest offer that Nutrition Coaching with Nicole is sharing with the world that I completely dropped the ball on recording a podcast episode for you this week. So here we are because I did not want to let this week go by without chatting with you, without speaking some truth into your life and maybe giving you an outlet for healthy, no-nonsense nutrition advice, self-care suggestions during a week that otherwise can feel extremely stressful and fraught with family food dynamics that can potentially feel harmful or at the very least unhelpful. Because with Thanksgiving comes a lot of food. That's how we like to celebrate. And while there's nothing wrong with food, copious amounts of food often come with opinions of others and diet talk and body shaming. And that can be exhausting and it can be really triggering. And so before you celebrate, however you plan to celebrate, I just wanted to offer you this episode. Take from it what feels helpful, leave the rest, and remember, you are never alone. Even if all the Aunt Karens gang up on you, start talking about their latest diet and how many Weight Watcher points are in their bread roll or their stuffing, I am here for you. I am here for you. You are not alone. And I want to share some holiday truths with you, some tips perhaps that I hope help you to have happier holidays. But before I do that, can I just tell you about the newest offering here at Nutrition Coaching with Nicole? Now, I have to tell you, this is the first time I'm saying this out loud. So there's a lot of excitement bubbling up in me. This offer has not gone live until right now. (laughs) And it's something that I have been working on with my partner in crime. And we planned on releasing it in 2022. We planned on sharing this with you in the new year. And I recently just thought to myself, why are we waiting? 
Why not? If I have something that I believe and actually know without a shadow of a doubt can help you to create bigger, better, more powerful progress. And what I mean by that is more confident and sustainable progress. Why the hell would I not share it with you right now? So that's what we're doing. Starting today, later today, I am going to announce that this is, this is live. This is happening. And you are the first person to hear it. Nutrition Coaching with Nicole is now offering exercise programming because what I know is that the research is super, super clear about the fact that nutrition is exponentially more powerful when compared to exercise alone when creating sustainable fat loss. However, when it comes to maintaining that fat loss, the best equation is a healthy, confident relationship with food and a consistent exercise routine, specifically an exercise routine that incorporates resistance training or what you may know as strength training. So as you know, my passion, my superpower is not just helping you to live in a leaner body. It's not just helping you to improve your health markers and to be around food without a shadow of a doubt, fear, guilt, shame, judgment, etc., and all the confidence in the world. But my goal for you, my wish for you is that you learn the skills you need. You build the habits you need to live your happiest, healthiest life. And that, you know, you can sustain, maintain your progress long-term because yo-yo dieting, gaining weight, losing weight, starting healthy habits, dropping healthy habits. That's really damaging physically. Yes. Mentally. Also, yes. I want to help you create healthy eating habits and healthy movement habits that are just that habits that you do repeatedly, almost automatically, because you know that you want the outcomes associated with them. And they are just a part of who you are. They are a part of your core value system. And so I have been working with my husband on offering you monthly exercise programming Patrick, my husband writes my workout programs because after running a business and coaching my rockstar clients and making sure that we have food in the house and meals ready to eat and taking care of our puppy, Wesley, the last thing I want to do, the last thing I want to commit energy and brain space to is figuring out what the hell I'm going to do in the gym. I don't want to think about it. I just want to know that what I'm doing is safe it is evidence-based, meaning I'm not just wasting my time doing ludicrous exercises and it's effective, meaning I'm going to get the best results for the time that I'm putting in at the gym. So Patrick writes me a monthly program based on my individual goals, based on how many times a week I want to work out and based on my personal ability level, my experience. And I just go to the gym and I do it. The specific workout pops up on my phone. I have an app, tells me exactly what to do. It suggests weights that I should use based on my previous workouts. I go in, I do it, I check it off so I can hold myself accountable and it's done. I don't even have to think about it. And I thought, man, I want to share this with you because I know you're also busy and you also have a shit ton on your plate. And the last thing you want to think about is what should I do at the gym? 
And the last, last thing I want for you is to spend time at the gym working out, but doing aimless half-assed workouts that don't get you the results you desire. So starting today, we are offering monthly programming, meaning every month you get a new program. Now, every week that workout progresses. So for example, from one week to the next, my weight selection may increase. My reps, my sets may change, but the workout that I'm doing is the same for four consecutive weeks because that's how we progress. It's not doing different crazy exercises all the time. It's sticking with the basics, just like with nutrition, repeating them consistently and watching ourselves progress, challenging our body over time. This will help you paired with a confident, healthy relationship with food. This will help you to create bigger, better, more powerful results. And because I believe in that so much, I want you to have that too. Now you can totally just sign up for exercise programming. We're keeping it super, super low cost at $35 a month so that everybody can do this. And yes, we have different workout tracks based on your level of experience. Not everyone is starting at the same place. Not everyone has the same goals. And we understand that, but, but get ready for this. The coolest part is that because I know in order to get the best possible results, you're pairing consistent strength training with that confident nourishing relationship with food. Here's the best part. For every nutrition coaching with Nicole client that signs up for one-on-one coaching between now, November 24th and January 15th, we are gifting you three months of exercise programming completely for free. We're just throwing it in because we know that that's going to help you get the best possible results. And that's what we want for you. So if you fill out a coaching application, we'll hop on a discovery call, make sure this is the best fit for you. And if we decide that working together is exactly what you need to get you from where you are now to where you want to be ultimately confidently, sustainably, you get nutrition with Nicole exercise programming as a part of your nutrition coaching package. Ah, so exciting. And ah, I can't believe that we're offering this, but I can't wait to see your progress unfold as a result of this. So anyway, I will drop the exercise programming link in the show notes below. You can check out the landing page where we talk more about what you get, who we designed this for to make sure that this is a great fit for you and for your goals. But I couldn't hold it in anymore. I just am so freaking excited and I can't wait to work out alongside of you. We get to hold each other accountable together. How cool. Speaking of holding each other accountable, let's talk about what we came here to talk about today, how to have happier holidays. I have six quick things that I want to share with you that I believe will help to ensure that you have not happy holidays necessarily, but happier, healthier holidays. And I say that because I know it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. And there's like a a childlike wonder that still fills me and potentially fills you that wants it to be the most wonderful time of the year. But reality is different than that childlike wonder. And in my world, holidays kind of suck. (laughs) And I'm just going to be super honest with you, but 
ever since my brother passed away six years ago, holidays are just empty. Tradition isn't the same and it's less exciting to celebrate with family, knowing that everybody's grieving and everybody's thinking about the empty chair at the table. And it's just an opportunity for me to feel that gap, to feel that hole in my heart a little bigger, a little more. And I'm thinking that maybe it's the same for you, whether you've lost a loved one or maybe you're struggling with something yourself and being around friends and family where everybody's putting on that cheerful, happy, wonderful time of the year face. And you're just feeling really lost and empty inside. And you have to mask that or hide that. So I know that holidays aren't always happy and I don't want to come at you with toxic positivity and tell you that it's going to be the best time ever. And you can finish the year just as strong as you started it. Holidays can be whatever the hell you need them to be. It's your holiday at the end of the day. And I have stopped expecting it to be the most wonderful time of the year. And I've started just trying to survive the holiday season as happily and as healthfully as I can. That's it. I've removed the expectation that it's going to be magical and wonderful and filled with joy and sparkle. And sometimes that happens and I'm I'm wildly surprised. But when it doesn't happen, that's okay. Because I know that a lot of people struggle through holiday seasons and I am not alone and I am, I'm not, I'm not the only one. So if you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and maybe a little anxious for this holiday season, I get that. I totally get you. And I want to share a few things with you that you can do that are completely within your control to ensure that you have maybe a slightly happier and a slightly healthier holiday season. Number one, speak up for what you need. And this might sound a little bit obvious, like, duh, Nicole, because nobody else can speak up for your needs, right? Nobody knows your body as well as you do. Nobody knows your limitations, your strengths as well as you do. And nobody can assert those needs, strengths, and limitations like you can. But I think sometimes going along with that, like most wonderful time of the year theme, we try to just fall in line. Like, oh, I don't want to be the Grinch out of everybody. I have to do this thing. Like I can't tell you how many coaching calls I've been on over the past week or two leading up to Thanksgiving where people are just dreading the holiday because maybe they have five family get togethers and they actually hate Thanksgiving dinner and they have to eat Thanksgiving dinner five times with their family, or they have to go to three different places on the actual holiday running around. So they're not even enjoying themselves. I have heard more people dreading the holiday than actually joyfully anticipating it. And in my coaching brain, I think, why the hell are we doing this to ourselves? What if we said, I really am not feeling turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes again. Let's do Italian. Let's do sushi. Let's do something completely different. Or you know what? I I'm going to stay home with my family this year. And we really want to see you and you are more than welcome to come to us. But we just decided as a family this year that we're not going to do all the driving and the hustling and the moving. We're going to just be together. And I know that family dynamics are very convoluted and, and this can be easier said than done. But I just want to give you permission 
to stand up for what you need. And if that's not going somewhere, or if that's bringing something that feels like a great nourishing choice to you, and if that's just showing up in a different capacity than you've always shown up in and what's expected of you, that's okay. Speak up for what you need. If your family has Thanksgiving dinner with zero vegetables, maybe talk to the host about bringing a vegetable. Maybe say you're working on increasing more veggies. You'd be happy to bring something. Most people are not going to turn you down if you offer to bring a side dish or a salad to a meal. And that's just one teeny tiny example. But do not be afraid to speak up for what you want and need. When my brother passed away a few years ago, my mom actually did this. And she said, okay, I don't want to do anything traditional. I don't want to do the typical holiday thing. We're not all getting together. We're going to do our own thing. And we had a completely different meal on Thanksgiving day. We did not do the turkey. We did not do the big cooking extravaganza. In fact, I think one year we even did like salmon and acorn squash and just random arbitrary new fun recipes for a holiday. And you know what? It was totally great. (laughs) Nobody freaked out because we didn't have the typical holiday thing and everybody enjoyed themselves. So be willing to break the mold and assert your needs and your wants and your desires, no matter how that may appear to other people. Number two, set boundaries around what you will and won't tolerate when it comes to your body and food talk. This is so important because people respect the boundaries that we set. And I think with family dynamics, we're often triggered by certain individuals, maybe who just don't have any boundaries of their own, or they've always talked to us this way. And so they think it's appropriate to talk to us in a certain way. They don't know any different. If you don't set the boundary, they're going to think, Oh, well, Samantha has always let me walk all over her. So I'm going to continue walking all over her. Or Nicole has never made a comment when I've talked to her about my weight and talked to her about my diet before. So I'm going to keep doing that because I'm assuming that it's okay for me to do that. Cause she's not said otherwise, people are not mind readers. You can't expect them to be. So if it is not okay for someone to talk to you about your body, tell them. If it is not okay for someone to talk about how many calories or Weight Watchers points are in their meal because that's triggering for you, feel free to share that with them. And I say this knowing that, of course, it depends on the family dynamic, but there are many, many ways that you can do this. You can set your boundaries. You don't have to be an asshole about it. Truly, you can set a clear boundary. So some people need a very hard line. Like, Hey, you know, what actually makes me uncomfortable when you start talking about calories and weight watcher points. Would you mind if we talked about something else? You can also just completely change the topic. If someone's coming up to you, like, Hey, did you lose weight? Did you gain weight? Oh, COVID 15. You can say, Hey, there are so many more interesting topics than talking about my body or yours. What are you grateful for this year? You can also claim ownership of your body and say something like, Hey, I really appreciate your concern, but I've got this covered. I'm working with a really awesome nutrition coach and we've got this under control. You can be honest and tell them how much it hurts and how much it offends you when they comment on your food choices and say things like, are you sure you should eat that? You're going back for more. Really? Didn't you already have seconds? And you can ask them to refrain from making comments like that in the future. You can also just walk away. 
It is not your job to make someone else comfortable at the cost of your own health and well-being. So if you constantly walk away, that person bringing up that topic about body food stuff, they're not going to be reinforced, right? You just, you just walked away. You left the environment. They're going to know, oh, wow. Well, if Nicole walks away every time I have this, this conversation with her, maybe she's not comfortable with this conversation. And you can also, asterisk depends on the person, <laughs> inform and educate them. Saying something like, hey, I, I can totally understand why you might think I was healthier last year when I was living in a smaller body. But did you know that health and weight aren't always correlated? Here's what I've been learning lately. Now, I say depending on the person because it is unlikely that you are going to change and change anyone's opinion over the holidays about food, about weight, about dieting. It's unlikely that you are going to take someone from a diet culture groupie and turn them into a diet culture dropout by sharing them some of the things that you've been learning lately. But that being said, I find that there are family members and there are friends who are genuinely interested in what I know and what I've been learning and what feels best for me. There are also family members who don't give a shit (laughs) and you have to use your discretion at deciding, Hey, is this a situation where I just need to avoid this conversation? I need to shut down this conversation. It's not worth my time and energy. So I'm just going to stay quiet and remove myself from the conversation. Or is this a situation where it's worthwhile to share my thoughts and share my feedback? I recently listened to a Glennon Doyle podcast. She's amazing. Her podcast is called We Can Do Hard Things. And she was talking about one of her holiday strategies was to come up with your 10%. So family members are going to trigger you. They're going to act the way they've always acted, right? We can't expect otherwise. People, their past behavior is the best predictor of their future behavior, right? So we can't expect them to show up differently than they've always shown up. However, just because we don't engage with the intention of changing their thoughts or changing their opinion doesn't mean we can't stand up for ourselves and stand up for what is right when something means a lot to us. So she was talking about finding your 10%, the things that you just will not stand for and will not tolerate and have a response at the ready that you feel really confident about. So for example, if racism comes up at your Thanksgiving table, if homophobia comes up, if someone decides to make a comment that body shames someone, whether they're there or not, are those the things that you want to stand up for? And you have to come up with your own 10%, right? Figure out what that 10% is for you. And then that's when you say, hey, it's actually really not okay for us to talk about people that way. It's really not okay for us to shame someone because of how they look or how much weight they've gained or lost. And here's, here's why, here's, here's what I have to say about that. But then the remaining 90% of the time, you can just let people do their thing, knowing that maybe you disagree, knowing that they are perhaps misinformed or undereducated. That's fine. That's fine. The best example I can think of is my dad is someone who likes magic pills and quick fixes most of us, they're super alluring. They're sexy. They're shiny. And he is drawn to that type of thing, even with dietary concerns. My dad has been intermittent fasting (laughs) intermittently (laughs) for quite some time now. So he goes through these periods where he oscillates between swearing that intermittent fasting is the thing, right? Because he read it in a Yahoo article somewhere and, or someone else is doing it. And that's how he or she lost X amount of pounds. 
And then the next week we chat, he's no longer doing it because it didn't work out or my mom wanted to go out to eat for breakfast or it's just not sustainable. (laughs) And repeatedly this comes up at dinner table conversations. I choose not to engage. I say nothing because he has his opinion that intermittent fasting is the end all be all. And I don't need to change that. If he truly believes that that is his truth, that is what he wants to subscribe to. That's the hill he's going to die on right now. I support him in that. And I support him in having his experience. My mom will often say things like, you know that this is what Nicole does for a living. And this you're demonstrating exactly what she talks about. You do it sometimes and then you don't do it other times. This is unsustainable. This is why she talked. And I just let it go. And if, and when he decides that he wants to try something different, or he wants my opinion on something, I will happily provide it. But that is not a conversation where I believe I'm going to change his opinion by listing off evidence-based research or by sharing my client stories. And I don't need to. So I just let it roll off and I commit to preserving my time and my energy to fighting battles and engaging in conversations that actually mean more and are, are worth my time and worth my energy. And I encourage you to do the same. It is not your job to change anybody else's opinion. Number four, make choices that serve you and your body best. Explanation not required. And as a sub point, accept that others will do the same. Choices that serve you and your body best. If you don't know what those are, hey, I'm Nicole. I'm an online nutrition coach and I'm happy to help you fill out a coaching application and we can help you figure out what choices do and don't leave you feeling your best. But most of the time, especially for those of you who have been around for a while, you've listened to me talk about this shit for days and weeks and months and years, you know what leaves you feeling your best. You know that you're going to feel great with maybe one or two slices of pie instead of three or four. You know that you really don't need to try your Aunt Becky's creamed corn recipe because you would rather have other carbohydrates that leave you feeling better, that you enjoy more. And you don't have to defend your choices to anybody. No explanation required. Hey, this is my body. This is my plate. This is my business. And you don't have to be quite so sassy about it. I get it. We, we still want to remain friendly and cordial with our family most of the time. And we may have to say that in a delicate way, but if someone is pushing food on you that you don't want, feel free to say, no, thank you. Complete sentence. No, thanks. You know what? If I ate that, I would be really uncomfortably full, but I'd love the recipe. It looks delicious. On the inverse, if someone is questioning that you're having more of something, you can also say, Hey, I have got this under control. Thank you so much. This was just so delicious. And I really like some more. You are the only person who knows what your body needs. And you are the only one who can stand up for your own choices. You don't have to justify anything. You can just smile and walk away. You can completely ignore them. You can come back with some sort of boundary setting statement. You decide what's best for you and how you prefer to respond. But also, and this goes out to only a small portion of listeners. It's not your business what anybody else is eating either. So if someone else is only choosing to have X, Y, and Z, don't tell them that they should try something else. Maybe they don't want to. If someone is eating more of something and you think, wow, they already had a lot of that, 
Let it go. It is their body. It is their plate. It is their business. And little help, no help is actually offered when we make comments about these sorts of things, unless someone asks. So one thing I always get in extended family gatherings is, oh gosh, Nicole, don't look at my plate or, oh, Nicole, don't look at how much I'm eating. I can honestly tell you, I don't care. I don't, I don't think twice about your food choices, what you're eating, how much you're eating. It does not even register in my mind. First of all, people pay me (laughs) to help them figure out how much they want to eat to reach their goals and what they need to be eating to reach their goals. So I am not just going to do it in my free time, but I worry about me and my plate and my food choices. And that's it. If you want some, some advice, my husband will often say, Hey, what do you think about this? Or do you think it's okay if I try that? Because he's lactose intolerant. I will gladly give my suggestion, but I genuinely am caring about who you are as a person and the adventures that you can tell me you, you went on over the past year, the things that you learned about yourself. I could not give a shit about what you're eating. I hope it leaves you feeling great. I want you to enjoy food. I want you to love food without fear, guilt, or shame, but I I don't care about your plate. And I want you to give others the same respect. Focus on yours and assume that everybody else is doing the same, right? So don't project like, oh, what is everybody thinking about my choices? You end up shooting yourself in the foot. Who gives a fuck? Let them think what they want. Focus on you. Make choices that serve you, that are in your best interest and forget the rest. Number five, focus on how you want to feel after. A question that I encourage my clients to ask themselves over and over and over again, holiday or not, is how do I want this to leave me feeling? How will this leave me feeling depending on the situation? You can, if then plan. So if I have a third slice of pecan pie, if I have a second helping of green bean casserole and sweet potatoes with marshmallows on top, gross, by the way, who lets marshmallows on their sweet potatoes? Not me, but that's beside the point. How will I feel if I don't have a third slice of pecan pie? If I don't have a second helping of green bean casserole, sweet potato, whatever, how will I feel? This all comes down to pausing before reacting. Pausing is where mindfulness lives. It's in the space where we just stand still and breathe and think about our choices. Do I want more? Do I need more? How can I balance those two? And how will I be left feeling afterwards? If I just react, everybody else is eating, so I'm going to eat. I only get this once a year, so I'm going to go ahead and have more. There's nothing else for me to do. And everybody else is still eating. So I don't want to be the odd man out. I feel like I just, this is here in front of me. So I'm going to take another helping because it's still on the table. All of that is just reaction. That doesn't ever leave us feeling our best because we're not being intentional. We're not being purposeful. We're not being mindful about our choices. If you want a third piece of pie, if you want a second helpings of something, so be it. But I want you to choose that mindfully based on how you know it's going to leave you feeling after you enjoy that thing. I actually just had a coaching conversation this morning where a client was saying she's a little nervous for tomorrow because this is the first big gathering that she's had since COVID really. So since she started working on her confident relationship with food, this is the first time she's going to be around a ton of family and a ton of food and have to make those choices in front of other people. And I asked her, how do you want to feel at the end of the day when you're laying in your bed, Thanksgiving night, how do you want to feel? 
And she said, well, I want to have enjoyed the day. I said, awesome. What choices do you have to make in order to have enjoyed the day? Is it binging on food and feeling so bloated and full that you have to unbutton your pants? Is it not having anything with too much sugar or carbs because you're trying to be good, air quotes? No, it's somewhere in the middle. And so she has to figure out for herself what those choices look like based on how she wants to feel after. So evoking a little bit of that delayed gratification. Now I might always want it, but now is only going to last for a second. How do I want to feel in the long run? How do I want to feel 15 minutes from now, five hours from now, five days from now? And I have to show up now based on that outcome that I desire. How will this leave me feeling? Ask yourself over and over and over again. And last but not least, number six is keep things in perspective. We put so much emphasis, so much weight on holidays But did you know that major holidays here in the U.S., there are 11 of them. Did you know that they account for 0.03% of the year? Meaning if you blew up every major holiday, you ate anything and everything that crossed your path, you denied your hunger and fullness cues, you just gorged on everything, you would still have 99.97% of the year to make progress. Now, I don't say that to encourage you to blow up all major holidays. I say that simply to put things in perspective. Thanksgiving is not going to make or break your progress. Christmas Day is not going to make or break your progress. It's your attitude surrounding the holidays. One day, one holiday, one celebratory day can quickly turn into a four-day weekend. And that four-day weekend can quickly turn into the week after because maybe you didn't have any other goal-supportive food on hand. You didn't prep your food. You just had pie leftovers and that's what you ate for the next week. And so then that week turns into, ah, what the hell? I might as well just press restart on January 1st. So now you've just dumped a month and a half down the drain rather than 0.03%. Don't make holidays the enemy. Holidays are not the enemy. It's your mindset surrounding holidays and what those holidays mean about your progress. And I'm here to tell you, holidays, drop in the bucket, will not derail your progress in any way, shape, or form. But how are you going to show up the next day? And how are you showing up the week after? And how are you going to show up between Thanksgiving and Christmas and between Christmas and New Year's? Do you just throw in the towel and subscribe to that all or nothing mindset? You're either on or you're off. Or do you recommit to doing the best you can with what you have? Finding good enough, even if that's not ideal, and showing up in the best way you know how. That is what will make or break your progress. Friends, I want you to have a happy-ish healthy-ish holiday season. And I hope that at least one of these six things felt helpful for you. If there is anything I can do to help you have a happier, healthier holiday this year, please don't hesitate to reach out. And remember, if you're looking to take your progress to the next level, Nutrition Coaching with Nicole exercise programming is available as of right now. Check out the link in the show notes below. Catch you on the flip side squad. Thank you for listening to this episode of the health, wealth, and wisdom podcast. 
If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and then head on over to nutritioncoachingwithnicole.com where you can sign up for my weekly emails where I send out my favorite tips, tricks, advice, and support every single Monday morning to help you kick your week off right. Thanks for listening. Until next time.